Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Week 8 college football betting recap and Week 9 look ahead. I'm Stucky and joining me, as always, is my BBOC colleague, Colin Wilson. Uh, Colin, we're going to get to it, I think, in the voicemails. I did listen to them this week, but uh, your hogs. Is this rock bottom? You know, I had. A, they better not ruin our Mississippi State win total, too. Oh Jesus. my God! You know, I had a I had a great Saturday. Like I almost swept with you on the show. Uh, if Auburn, if they, I don't know why Hugh Freeze isn't going for two, but uh, you know, Auburn by a half point. But I had a great Saturday. I had a great Saturday in the app. I had a great Saturday in my wallet. But I guarantee you, these voicemails are going to be full of pissed off people that bet on the Razorbacks, and I just I wish I had an answer other than Dan Enos. Right? It's just the most ignorant answer I can give. But it's Danny knows three points. I'm mocking Iowa, but at least Iowa scored a touchdown. Yeah, uh, albeit after uh, eight penalties and a 50 yard drive. But um, we'll get to that game. Uh, yeah, I had a good Saturday as well. I think it was a fair Saturday for me. I got unlucky. That Tennessee under first half under was brutal, and then Joe Milton turned back into a pumpkin in the second half. Um, but I I also had. Wake Forest. Um, so shout to Christian Veyer for sliding early. The game is over if he just goes another yard. Um, God. So if you had Pitt, I I feel for you. That I was did. brutal. Yeah. Um, one of the most boring games of the day then just turned into an absolute shit show. Back and forth, ridiculous bonanza between the Pitt backup now starter and the Wake Forest third string quarterback. Um, shout to Marucci. Santino Marucci. Getting it done. What's that? Santino Marucci, right? Santino Marucci. Uh, my fellow uh, Italian-American getting it done late. We'll get to 
all of the we'll get to a lot of games in the voicemails you guys called in it's the longest voicemail file we've ever had and we have to cut that down significantly so we thank you for calling in after our 300th show i guess this is our 301st show so we made it past 300 thanks again to all of you for supporting the show make sure you subscribe unsubscribe subscribe leave review they really help us out um I'll look and see if there's some reviews, do some giveaways at the end of the show. I think first we have, before we get to the voicemails, let's first talk the game of the day with the biggest implications. I mean, Alabama survived against Tennessee. They really just put it on in the second half. But Ohio State, Penn State, massive Big Ten, college football playoff, national title implications. And and guess what? Small game James uh, shows his face again. And can't get it done against a, an elite opponent. And what we were worried about, I know I was, was that Penn State couldn't just turn on the explosiveness on the offense. And their defense played well enough. The Ohio State offense didn't do much, besides Marvin Harris Jr. is so good. Um, but McCord looked lost. They did. There was a legit hold. There was some questionable plays. But that was a legit hold on a play that could have changed the game for Penn State when McCord got strip sacked for a touchdown and got called back. But the story, it doesn't really matter the flag. So the story of the game, you know, Ohio State defense deserves credit, but was just this Penn State offense. You know, instead of working on trying to throw it downfield and mocking reporters for asking you why you're not, you're the only time you're throwing downfield is with your backup quarterback after a fake knee up 24 against Northwestern. And the Penn State defense, the Penn State offense, the first competent defense they face on the road in the shoe. You can't turn it on. That's not surprising. And the Penn state offense of futility was the story of the show. I think they were the story of the day. They were, they were over 15, I believe to start the game on third downs mm-hmm. and uh, just a, a, a piss poor effort from that offense and Ohio state gets it done. Just watching that game. It doesn't, those teams, neither of those teams are on the same level as Michigan this year. Um, they just they just don't have the quarterback play. And I think that's what it boils down to. Now, look, it, it's one game. Ohio State could beat Michigan. It's, it's one football game. So they could still end up getting there because you're going <laughs> to you're gonna play, you're going to be 50-point favorites in the Big Ten Championship. So it's basically going to come down to one game unless some tiebreakers break right for Penn State. Penn State's not out of it yet, but they need a ton of help now. <laughs> they need like a Wisconsin to beat Ohio State. <clears throat> Penn State needs to beat Michigan at home. And or just hope for tiebreaker help, but you're behind the eight ball there if all three teams finish with one loss and t- after taking care of business at home. So what were your th- quick thoughts on that game and uh, the implications moving forward? Well, first off, Drew Aller had four passes beyond 20 yards. Uh, three of them, they didn't complete any of them. Three of them were drops by his target, so... Um, I'm not sure if the problem is Drew Aller throwing deep or the fact that they don't have anybody that can catch the ball that deep uh, because, you know, three drops out of four attempts is certainly playing a factor into this non-explosiveness that was the Penn State performance. They had zero explosive drives. They only had one methodical on the day. I, I guess credit. Four's not enough. Denzel Burke is out, by the way. Yeah. I don't know why you're not targeting him. I, the other thing that gets me is like, did you notice that they were showing – Jim Knowles is running cover zero and he's sending all the guys up the gut. And I'm like, why are we not running play action over the top? Why are we not just throwing it, testing out the safety once we're not like, did Mike Yurisich like 
did he move houses over the summer and he lost his playbook? Because Penn State's offense is like a one-legged kick, a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Like there's just they're helpless. They can't score any points. And I mean, I, definitely not what I projected in the summer that this Penn State offense would have a problem getting down the field. It's not just a problem; it is a complete void. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the voicemails here. Let's do a quick best call, worst call, bet regret. I'll kick things off. Bet regret, Virginia. That line I thought was a little too high. And just the UNC love. UNC feels like they're every year they're just they're they're good for one three four touchdown favorite loss. And North Carolina's hopes pretty much go down the drain with one of the biggest upsets of the season after Virginia pulled off its first top 10 win since 2005 really bad loss for Mac Brown and company that was my bet regret there best call I'll go UCF that line was super inflated they really had a chance to beat Oklahoma uh horrible two-point conversion play at the end but the UCF looked like a different team with a healthy Plumley back and worst call I'll give you know, my, also my best call. So my best call and worst call, one of them was against you. One of them, uh, both of them were against you. One of them, you were completely right. One of them, you were completely wrong. Best call at my Arizona State Sun Devils. That defense was balling out. They looked like the 2000 Ravens. They were the, the pre-snap disguise. They were healthy. They were in Penix's head. And by the way, Penix, because of that performance and because of what McCarthy did pantsing, Michigan State. I mean, Michigan couldn't run the ball against Michigan State. Didn't matter because McCarthy was unbelievable. He's now the Heisman favorite. So that market flipped significantly because Arizona State held Washington without an offensive touchdown. And if they only had a kicker, only had a kicker, they would have won that game outright. But they missed two field goals and they had to go for it on fourth down. Up one at like the 10 because they didn't trust their kicker enough. And they throw a pick six. Brutal. But uh, I think that team's going to pick somebody off this year. And they, I think they get Oregon in a pretty good spot. Like, Oregon better be careful. I think, they get, I think Oregon goes there after the Utah game. Um, down to the desert. And we've seen Pac-12 dreams die in the desert many times before. Worst call was USC. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't bet that team in years. You nailed it. Caleb Williams looks checked out. Eating gummy worms on the on the uh, <laughs> on the bench during timeouts. The, by the way, that that team is so poorly run. Not only from a defensive perspective and tackling. I mean, they made they made Bryson Barth look. Caleb Williams wants to wants to be number one overall and and get ownership of the team. How about beating a guy that was working at Lowe's to start the year to pay for his tuition because he wasn't on scholarship? How about outplaying him at home? And just lackadaisical. The then they Lincoln they don't shake hands at the end. Uh, Caleb Williams just sits on the bench. Lincoln Riley doesn't doesn't make any of them available to the media there. The huge media in L.A. Uh, that team. I don't. Caleb Williams might just sit out. I wouldn't be surprised. That team is unbettable the rest of the year. I'll probably be on Cal this week. Um, it, it was it was a. I mean, give credit to Utah. Kyle Whittingham does it again. Kyle Whittingham, by the way, tweeting out go Utes with the fight on signs uh, at the end of the, after the game. 
So with Kyle Whittingham with a little troll. But Bryson Barnes in and that offense, which looked lifeless all year, looked like the the greatest show on turf. Uh, USC is just a pathetic, pathetic team. No defense, no heart, no fight. Uh, it was that was pathetic. And they even got a pick six in that game. They even got a pick six. So that was my worst call. I can't believe I laid it with USC. So good call there. And by the way, you know those, before you get to your best call, worst call, better, right? you know those things, it's like the memes where it's like society if, and then fill in the blank. And then there's like all the flying cars and uh, airplanes and, you know, society looks perfect. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be Collins handicapping in 2023 if he avoided Mississippi State games and UCLA. Best call, worst call, bet regret for you. I, I, what is it with UCLA trolling me? I love these. I've always loved them. They've paid me off big, and now they're just trolling the hell out of me. Um, worst call, let's just get it out of the way because I'm going to probably be eating shit on the voicemails here. Worst call is Arkansas by far. Um, the defense has massively improved. Uh, Sam Pittman hired his close friend as offensive coordinator. That doesn't really work out very well. Offensive line was brutal. KJ Jefferson, everybody on the Arkansas roster that's on offense is now apathetic. They don't care. If you look at their effort, I mean, there are so many, even KJ's deep ball there at the end, Armstrong didn't run it out. Um, So worst call by me by far, I didn't know that the Razorback, that the players themselves would show up and just be effortless, just going through the motions because they don't care. They're checked out. Wouldn't be surprised to see Jacoby Criswell take the ball for the rest of the year and KJ's done. Um, KJ, 19 of 31 for 97 yards. He doesn't trust what any is, of his what is, that? is that Iowa? Neither team threw for 100 yards in that game. It's it's really unbelievable. Like, especially this when you think about how bad Mississippi State is on defense and what they've allowed, like the that you can hold Arkansas to three points shows you how broken Dan Enos's slow developing play offense with a really bad offensive line is such a bad idea. Um, you know, and I took it easy over the summer. Let me just say that. Like I knew Dan Enos got hired and I was gonna have to deal with this shit, and I thought it would take a couple years before he screwed up. And I was going really nice because he's got me blocked on Twitter and I'm not trying to be a bad guy, but you sucked five years ago. You still suck, Dan, you know, so just, you know, pack it up and get out, just get out. Uh, Sammy P we got to keep him Uh, (laughs) unless Jonathan Smith is available, but enough about that. Uh, Best call. I mean, worst call is Arkansas by far. Best call. I mean, I'll just lightly say, I mean, you mentioned Utah that I had no fear in that play whatsoever. ULM, uh, I think you need to watch out for them. They're covering huge spreads over on the Sun Belt level. Conversely, uh, fade App State because ODU was easy. Uh, Memphis ran UAB out of the building. Too much havoc there. And then I'll stop with Missouri. Missouri was my champion yesterday. Uh, they were one of the first win totals I hit. They got to seven wins. It's the first time Eli Drinkowitz has ever had a winning record at Missouri. Uh, so shout out to them for covering the win total. Shout out to them for making the South Carolina game not even close. Uh, we may actually have a real contender, someone that can play rush defense and is explosive on the passing side of the ball. That's really awesome. But bet regret, I'll just throw it out there because I've been keeping my eye on them. Tabs every week. Charlotte really brought it to East Carolina in the box score. Like they won the box score. Yards per play, turnovers, field position, everything. I've been waiting for signs for life from Charlotte. We got it. I love when first-year coaches come in and they just get their ass kicked the first six weeks of the season, 
and, and you think that, you know, they're in a year zero situation, but when the players don't give up on these year one coaches, they are play-ons in late October and November. And I think Charlotte might've turned the corner because they really did win that box score against East Carolina. Yeah. East Carolina might have the worst offense in the country. They're up there with Southern Miss, Arkansas, Iowa, Nevada, <laughs> Iowa. Uh, Do you like my tweet right, about the list of offenses lining up for you to play USC's defense? <laughs> I would love to see uh, Iowa go against USC. That would be that, that, that could be a bowl. <laughs> yeah, it could. USC Iowa. It seriously could. Um, all right. I probably would bet Iowa. Yeah. I would definitely bet Iowa there. And if a punt gets there's waved off. There's no way off, any everyone's gonna be sitting out for USC too. And if a punt gets waved off, you get to troll our entire vertical full of Iowa uh members at our company. Oh, that was great. I had the whole <laughs> Iowa fan base. Coming out. I already have the whole Ohio State. If I tweet out anything Ohio State, there's all these like Ohio State just fans, not betters, who don't even follow me, but then check in on my tweets during an Ohio State game. Um, and then they're like, hey, you're losing so much money. I'm like, dude, I ha- I didn't even I, – I, by the way, did you, I called almost called the exact score. I said 20 to 14, Marvin Harrison has the game-winning touchdown. And then Penn State went for two. They, they were trying to make me look like genius, but they didn't get it. I didn't bet. I didn't bet Penn State there. I was worried about their offense. Um, I faded Ohio State twice this year. Should have won against Notre Dame, pushed and uh, and lost with Purdue. It's not a team that's costing me money. I mean, um, well, we should say this: they're not winning the national title. I mean, they're not. No, they're they're not. not Kyle yeah, I mean, no. I don't care if they're number one in the AP, and I don't care that I got them power rated in the top five. Like they're not winning the national championship. Yeah, and yeah, that under was was pure. Um, pretty much was the ugly game that we expected. All right, let's get to the voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. There is no way any rational observer could sit here, watch the Minnesota versus Iowa game. Not that you would do so voluntarily without a stake on the game, but there is no way somebody who is honest could tell me that that was not rigged. I have never in my life seen a no call get reversed on a completely ambiguous fair catch call, which was never a fair catch. The refs just negated and stole away a magnificent one-for-the-ages punt return by the fair-skinned Devin Hester. Are you kidding me there is no way you can go back when you're looking to see if he stepped out of bounds or not which he completely did not he moonwalked that like michael jackson holy there is no way you could go back and say oh you know what that minor shoulder shrug that's a clear fair catch call go yourself i swear to god i'm driving in circles i'm seeing stars somebody may want to call the corner and check in on the more because i am going to drive this nissan ultima into a telephone pole what the f- did we just watch i'm just calling uh for the gambling gods thank you for the birthday gift today giving us minnesota on the spread and the money line and just ending all of this b- that iowa puts out week after week to all the f- iowa fans who threw trash on the field you should direct that trash to the actual b- that is Brian Ferenz offense. That's who you should throw your trash at since this guy is the worst OC 
in the nation. I can't imagine being an Iowa fan watching this week after week and actually being upset at the refs for making a call when your team can't score more than two touchdowns per week. This is the trucking con dog. What the f*** is an illegal fair catch? Are you kidding me? We shouldn't even be in this position, but Brian Ferentz can't score to save his life. I don't even feel pain anymore. I'm numb. Until Brian Ferentz is fired, I don't even care anymore. Uh, so, a couple things here. One, I tweeted out right after the game to someone like, you can't complain. You, you gain more than two yards in the second half. Just, I just made a flippant remark. Then when I was doing my deep dives at the end of the night, Iowa actually had two total yards in the second half. That was the real number. They had 24 plays for two yards. Two yards in the entire half. Two net yards. And by the way, uh, go to if you'd like to go to the NCAA official rulebook, Invalid Signals, Article 3, Approved Ruling 653, Section 5. Teams, team A's scrimmage kick is rolling beyond the neutral zone, which is just a forward punt, when B-17, the returner, alerts his teammates to stay away from the ball by a getaway signal, which is what DeGene did. The ruling shall be invalid signal. The ball is dead by rule when either team recovers. So if you have a gripe, take it up with Article 3, Approved Ruling 653, Section 5. Moving on. Gentlemen, I got onto the award-winning Action Network app after I listened to your analysis of the Clemson-Miami game. But what you overlooked is the Bet Labs category of teams that cannot stop fumbling at the ball. And then you maximize the range of time. You like to go 10 years, 20 years? No. 1776 to 2023. And then you find... At the top of that category, the 2023 Clemson Tigers. Did these f- not practice holding onto the ball? Unbelievable. This f- Navy Air Force game, it's 10 to nothing with three, four minutes left. So it's like, holy, f- we might cover. Navy's got the ball, f- throws behind the receiver. The dude would have walked 80 yards for a touchdown. Nope, throws it five yards behind him out of bounds. Not even close. And third down, guess what? Pick six. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. Like, I've seen high school quarterbacks that go play D4 football that are better than this. Get this guy off the team, maybe. I just have to say, I do not feel confident in my safety as an American knowing that our U.S. Naval Force does not have anybody in it that can either throw or catch a football. They suck. Them. Suck. What the f*** is Navy doing, man? I know we didn't really have any right covering that game in the first place. I mean, that Navy offense couldn't move the ball past eight players, let alone 11. But to throw the pick six and break my heart and then come all the way down out of nowhere, out of literal nowhere, looks like you're going to backdoor and you go for two? Oh, my God. Had the back door right there, and they go for two and blow it. You think Ken Niamatololo would have done that? Absolutely not. I can't believe Navy fired him 
let alone in the locker room after the Army game like that. I should have known better than the trust of What are you doing, Navy? you. So let me get this straight. Did you did you cash a Navy ticket on a pick six? Are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I had Navy plus uh, 11 and a half, but I don't care. I'm on Twitter to, for every like for everyone to cash every number. So hopefully some of you got 11 and a half with me, but I want every number to cash. I can't believe they went for two. No, they were down. They had 40 total yards and they were down 10, nothing with three to go. This is why you never lay double digits with service guidance. And then Navy missed a wide open 80 yard touchdown. Um, they brought Labatai in who was hurt because their other quarterback couldn't do anything. Missed an 80 yard touchdown. No, he uncovered down the sidelines. And you overthrew him. Or you underthrew him, I should say. Next play, wide open drop, tipped, pick six. Air Force goes up 17 nothing, And then Navy, in a two-minute drill with Air Force and Prevent, goes all the way down the field. 17-6. I'm covering. But a lot of people got like 10 and a half. They're down 11. They decide to go for two with 20 seconds left. They're not cutting it to eight. I, I, I don't understand. They went for two... And, and then threw an out into the ground. Brutal if you had 10 and a half. Um, brutal, brutal, brutal. Another easy service academy under. So for those of you into overall yards per play, Iowa yesterday, 2.2. Navy, 1.9. It's an impressive offense. They had 40 yards before the last drive. Too. They had an 80-yard drive against Prevent. So it was way worse than that if you remove garbage time. the But I will say that the handicap was completely right. I mean, a lot of people covered it, including myself, but the handicap was completely right. The only way that Air Force could move the ball was through the air. Look at their rush stats. This is the, a top five rush offense in the country this year. They couldn't run the ball because Navy knew how to defend it. They did throw it a lot, and that's because Larry Air played, and he wasn't supposed to play. And he had a – he threw for – what did he throw for? He threw for – he had a 96-yard touchdown pass. I know that. Um, that was the only way that they could move the ball. So if he didn't play, they, that game would still be in overtime at 0-0. As a reminder, the BBOC podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Moving on. Hey, boys. Love the pod. Checking in here from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I called a few weeks ago. Wife is in Vegas riding who knows who. While I'm sitting at home riding Colin Wilson's stupid-ass Razorbacks. You dumb They're terrible. You Sam Pittman. the Razorbacks. Done. This one is from Adam in L.A. for Colin Wilson especially. You know what I think when I watch Arkansas's offense with Sam Pittman? That it's an absolute 
dumpster fire that they should blow up the program and give it a death sentence. Did I hear that right? I think so. Okay. Uh, please call Maybe back. he was talking about bets, but it didn't sound like it. I don't know what your wife doing whatever in Vegas has to do with me taking Arkansas. I mean, it's just a terrible Saturday. I mean, call back. Please let us call us back and let us know how that's working out. Well, his wife's in Vegas and he's riding you on an Arkansas bet. At least they're both getting fucked. All right, moving on. Well, I just got finished watching this pillow fight between Arkansas and Mississippi State. My God. Colin, you said this team would come out with their hair on fire. Three points. Three points. Terrible. Terrible. It's hard to cover a six-point spread scoring three points. What the hell do you do all week? Man, Colin, what a spot for Arkansas. Homecoming weekend, and they score three points. This is ridiculous, man. Fire them into the sun. Hey, Colin, you dip. You've been fading Arkansas this entire season. Fade them against BYU. You fade them against Bama. Every single time, Arkansas will come back and cover. Now, the one time you bet them, and it was my favorite bet of the week, and KJ looks like a corpse of himself. Nice going, man. The one time you bet Arkansas, you curse the out of them. If I was an Arkansas fan, I would disown you. You suck. you. Yeah, well, uh, just before I get called another name. Uh, so, you know, we actually were going to kick a field goal to get it to six points. And then we had a delay of game. Uh, that's how unorganized the offense is. And even though Cam Little has the leg to kick a 60-yarder, uh, Pittman said in his post-game press conference, I just couldn't make a decision fast enough. Uh, I got a little confused. That one's on me. So I sent out the punt team. All right. So I'm sorry, guy. It could have been double. Could have been six points. I will say, bowl eligibility still on the table. At Florida, home against Auburn, home against FIU, home against Missouri. Me. Let me go through my catalog of Razorback wins in the in at, at do, in Gainesville. Do they beat FIU? Let me do they see. beat FIU? They've never won in Gainesville, so I, I I don't see it happening. Can they beat FIU? Not with the effort we had yesterday. Zero. That's by the way. In two weeks, I'm probably going to be on your hogs in Florida after the bye. What, back in Cade Fortin again? <sighs> Can't be worse than this week. Colin Wilson, you idiot. You know how many times I was walking around and I said, Ooh, big suey. Ooh, big suey. I went around to every at this stupid party. And you know what they said? Colin Wilson. Because... I said we'll pick Suey to everyone at the party, and they believed in me. But you said it on national networks, and you have to live with that. My heart hurts. Listen, you know what I have to live? I I don't mind living through this. I've lived through John L. Smith. I've lived through the Citadel in 1992. I'm a a veteran of this situation. I'm used to being in the dark with wins and bowl season and coaching searches and flat-out dumpster fire uh, golden handcuffs, Dana Altman's. I've been through it all. John Pelfrey era. I mean, I could survive any plague right now being a fan of this university. So thank you. I can't believe I took the under in the Alabama Tennessee first half. Where has the Tennessee offense been? Joe Milton turned into f- Lamar Jackson out there. 
making people miss. I mean, what what is Alabama doing? They had not moved the ball like this the entire year. All they've been able to do is run the ball. That's it. All of a sudden, Joe Milton, Josh Heupel, who looks like the kid from King of the Hill, all of a sudden starts to move the ball. I thought this one was the lock of the weekend. I agreed with everything you guys outlined, everything. First half under, 24 and a half, should have hit. I yeah I, I I had that I feel your pain I had it I I feel like we capped it right there was a fourth down Tennessee did get it and they went to review it and I said oh god and then it's third down and goal twelve seconds Alabama for some reason all out blitzes like you're not going to kick move them out of field goal range and then Milton hits the fullback I think or tight end in the corner Milton hit also had like this beautiful deep ball that was perfectly thrown his first of the year for a touchdown uh, and then he turned back into a pumpkin in the second half so that first half was. First half under was brutal. I feel you. Uh, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, I had Alabama. I told everybody to take Alabama, and I was – it was a pretty rough moment after what happened to Arkansas and then rolling right into that Alabama game through the first half. Tennessee was up 20-7. to seven. Milton was completing passes deep. I mean, it could have been egg all over my face for the way Milton was looking in that first half, but then they didn't score a single point. 27 unanswered. 27 unanswered points, and uh, I mean – you could go through the box score, but really it's just a tale of two halves. Like one team looked great in the first, that'd be Tennessee and Bama was better in the second half. But, uh, you know, well, I mean, I, I think what I love is that Milton threw only three explosive passes and Jalen Milrow had seven explosive passes, like doubled them up. So it wasn't looking good there in the first quarter, but for the side, but I will say we were talking about potential Alabama futures last week. I just the offense is too inconsistent. I just I don't think that they can get through an SEC championship and two if they get there and then two playoff games with an offense that's so hit or miss. Like they go through entire quarters where there's no production at all. It looks like Arkansas's right? offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's they're completely reliant on Milton hitting some explosive and he's going to make mistakes. He can't really read defenses. He's his pocket presence is bad. He doesn't really step up in the pocket. So I just, I can't get behind it at the price that they're currently at. All right, moving on. I like to sit back and reflect on my gambling day, Tennessee, Alabama, first half under 24. Joe Milton is like a literal vegetable in the red zone. And of course the one time he comes through it's with 12 seconds left to score a touchdown and go over but it's fine it's fine you know why it's fine because i have tennessee plus nine and a half so at least i have that in my back pocket right nope a big fat goose egg in the second half absolutely brutal i need more water that is that uh, you're the call of the week i can't i can't that's horrendous you had Alabama first half under, so Tennessee scores a touchdown. But in your head, you're like, all right, at least I have Tennessee plus ten, nine and a half, so they're up 13 now. So I'm up two touchdowns catching almost double digits. I'm fine. And then you lose that, getting outscored. And then Tennessee can't score again after scoring for the first – the worst team, one of the worst teams in finishing drives in the country gets a touchdown with 12 seconds to go to ruin your first half under, and then they can't score another point. I feel for you. You're the caller of the week. Reach out for some gear. Moving on. 
Hi, this is the BBOC podcast. I'm Stucky. Let's go to my trash segment. I love Michigan State plus 24 and a half. It's their Super Bowl. Hi, I'm Colin Wilson. I pirate that game at 19.7. I really like that too. What you two nerds don't realize is because of the stupid NCAA investigation, we have grudge Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh in the mud. This guy doesn't give a about anything. He wants to crush everybody. Go blue. Collins, favorite win total under of the whole offseason. Old Dominion under three and a half. Seven games in, cooked. Thanks a lot, buddy. And to make it worse, I live in Virginia, so I had to drive to another state to put that in. You owe me gas money, Colin. Thanks. I, I had that ODU under two. Well, I had that ODU under two. They should have lost to Texas A&M Commerce, by the way, <laughs> who went for two to win the game. And then they keep getting these miraculous wins. So that went over. You're also the caller of the week. So that'll be, we'll, we'll send you some gear to cover your gas money. All right, moving on. Colin, Stuck, you guys put out a great show every week, and I generally enjoy your content. And forgive me for what I'm about to say, but this USC team is a joke. I mean, are you serious? You guys never back them, and it drives me crazy as a USC fan. And this week, great spot. The cap was right. I have the Heisman Trophy winner out there scoring 20-something points in a football game when you have a defense like the Red Sea you can't win. You stack the box against the other team, they throw for 500 yards. You don't stack the box, they run for 500 yards. This team is a joke. And the on this team that can't avoid taking penalties, pre-snap, during the play, doesn't matter. This team is a joke. I am disavowing this team for the rest of the year. Maybe he listened to the wrong podcast because I definitely was not on USC. Uh, no, that was me. I think he was talking to me. That Colin was right on Utah and... Look, the, the spot was right. The cap was not. Uh, I mean, I thought that Utah, USC could stack the box, which they tried to do. Utah still ran. They ran for 250. And they also passed. Uh, Barnes hit through for two, almost 250 and three touchdowns. I didn't think Utah would be able to throw the ball. You, you, I mean, laying points to USC is a – you just can't. It's a bad cap, bad call. Good call by you. All right, moving on. And it's going to continue to be Ohio against the world until all of you represent the Ohio State University. Stucky, listen to me real good, rubber Stucky. You troll. I was not even going to call again because of the Ohio State hate. But how can you do it? Best team in the country has to be. And it's going to continue to be Ohio against the world until Weber Stucky takes his little ducky and makes him go f- Martin, 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 mix in the water, at least one during the day. Uh, and rela- relax. Get like a stress ball or something, man. Um, Martin has like a, uh, he has like a bath fetish too. He's always talking about baths and rubber ducks and um, hope you're okay, Martin. We love you. Ohio State, 41 rushes for 79 yards on the day. McCord just stares down Harrison on every third down. Uh, Harrison, amazing game, 11 catches for 162 yards. There's not much else to talk about with, when it comes to that Ohio State offense. All right, moving on. Just emotionally accept that you're not winning the national title, and it'll be an easier season. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? 
Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Colin Stuck, John from Long Island. I cannot believe I put my faith in James Franklin. We all know how much I can't stand this guy to begin with. But before the year, I got all caught up in all the hoopla about this fantastic defense. Drew Aller was the guy. And Jesus Christ. 25 to 1 to win the Natty? <laughs> Down the toilet. 9 to 1 to make the playoff? <laughs> Down the toilet. This guy will never win a big game. He's the definition of a loser. Running the score up against Sisters of the Poor, fake kneeling against Northwestern for what? To get completely embarrassed against a formidable opponent? You are a loser. O-H-I-O. This message is for Colin Wilson, who's been talking about my Buckeyes for the last month about how Penn State was going to knock them in the mouth. I don't give a f- if Ryan Day beats up a thousand f- senior citizens. Guess what? The Buckeyes won. Keep talking your s***, and we'll keep stacking up the bodies. Let's go, Buckeyes. OH! Hey there, fellas. I'm calling in live from Columbus at about midnight. I've had quite a few, but I managed to mix in a water. Here and there, per Stucky's usual advice. Hey, Colin, how about those butt guys, baby? I'm paraphrasing here, but I believe after the Notre Dame win, Colin called us soft and said from a trench perspective, a linebacker perspective, and a secondary perspective that Penn State would punch us in the mouth and it would be, quote, a long day for OSU. Well, Colin, what Penn State rush for? Couldn't throw the ball worth a Damn, Colin. Why don't you just stick to the San Diego State overs, bud, and uh, thank you. I'm going to bed. San Diego State, San Diego State undercashed, by the way. By the way, yeah, I wanted to mention that San Diego State pathetic, maybe the <laughs> most pathetic performance in a day that featured Arkansas and Iowa's offenses. Ken Wilson they, was they crying sh- on the field. They get shut out by Nevada, winless Nevada, six nothing. Uh, that was pathetic. Congrats to UNLV in a wild game. We almost hit our underdog money on parlay again. Ugh. Colorado State, they play wild games. They had a 55-yarder to take the lead in UNLV in the final minute. Got a field goal to win. Miami of Ohio, my 8-1 to one Mac Futures might be dead. Gabbert looks like he's done for the year. Brutal. Uh, they can still beat Ohio next week and then get into the Mac championship, but uh, without Gabbert, not the same team. Oklahoma State, shot to their offense, shot to Mr. McMurphy. They've awoken. Uh, they changed some things, went with one quarterback, changed the run scheme, and uh, their offense is rolling over the past three games. 
They put up, what, 48 at West Virginia and another win for the Pokes. Gundy just gets the bowls. It's what he does. Wazoo, Oregon wins, but the Waz- I saw concerns about this Oregon day. We saw what happened against Washington, and the Wazoo offense, which was in a slumber, uh, Cam Ward throws for f- nearly 500 yards after they were just dead in the water. It looks like Victor, their receiver, who uh, is really good, um, he was uh, – so Lincoln Victor, who missed like a month, apparently he's the key to unlocking this Wazoo offense. I know he played uh, last week against Arizona in an absolute route, but he looked healthy. He had 16 catches for 161 yards against Oregon, and Wazoo gets the cover and pushes that game over late. By the way, that Michigan game, uh, pure right side, Michigan dominated, and Harbaugh strikes again. If you have that under, oh, personal foul with 30 seconds left. For, so moves it to first and goal at the five. Back up, third string offense is looking over at the sidelines. Do we kneel it? Do we not? They call a play, and they get a push into the end zone pushes the game over one of the worst beats of the other night because you knew Michigan state wasn't going to sniff scoring. All right, moving on. I've been a Penn state fan for 40 some years and I cannot believe that I am that stupid to believe anything different than what actually happened today. Jesus Christ almighty. What the was that? Oh, for 15 on third downs until the end third and five. and we're Run it up the middle for a two-yard loss. Third and one, I throw a slant three yards behind the guy. And then we score and go for two, and it's a wide receiver pass. What the f*** are we doing? Big game, James Franklin, baby. Hey, call f- Brian Ferentz for some offensive tips, you Yeah, I'm not sure whose f- offense is worse. Navy, Arkansas, or f- Penn State. And I had all three in this f- noon slate. James Franklin is a huge piece of Second of all, that Arkansas game might have been the worst game of football I've ever watched in my entire life. And last, why the is Navy going for two there? What the cover the spread, dude? I haven't smoked a cigarette in 15 years. I'm about to go buy a whole case of Marlboro. All right. Uh, the Wu-Pig Suey party guy and the Guy with the, because I'm just picturing you going, him going around a party yelling, "Who picks who?" And they only scored three points. So I feel for you, and I feel for the guy who had Tennessee under first half, and then Tennessee full game, which that touchdown was just uh, brutal. So you guys are the cars of the week. I, my, I get a lot of DMs if I miss them. Old boy, Uncle Mitch, O L B O Y, Uncle Mitch, on Twitter. That's our producer. So if I if I don't answer, you just reach out to him. He'll send you gear. A couple reviews here that I want to send gear to. AJH0023, awesome podcast. Hosts have great chemistry. It's amazing how much info they pack into Hour 15. I don't actually bet, but their analysis was the largest reason for me winning my 150-person office pool last year. Must listen for betters or just college football fans. Love some of the non-betting audience. Um, we hope to cater to them too. And Dr. Wheezy, love this show. Best college football Coverage podcast, hands down. Um, Iowa Packer, 99. You're an Iowa fan. we got to get you some gear. The only thing that makes my hour drive to work every morning tolerable, Stuck and Colin are the best. Buckle up and get ready to get addicted to the best podcast out there. Also, Lojack8812, literally my highlight of the week. 
I love the Monday recap and Thursday betting preview pod. I look forward to each and every week. These guys are awesome. So much knowledge. Um, Joey C two, two, one, nine following for about six years. One, some more, one back to back office pools. Um, and then surf city, Tim, what up, Tim? These guys know their stuff Been listening since the Jen and juice. Love the voice. Not the go state overs. And one more, because this is what I encourage you guys to do. Ty- Tyler's wife. And his review says, five-star, literally barring my wife's phone. My actual favorite college podcast that's taught me so much. Definitely not leaving another review for the merch. Doesn't matter. You're getting the merch. You can leave another review for the merch. If you've already left the review, they help us out a ton. Borrow your wife's phone. Borrow your brother's phone, your friend, your mom. It doesn't matter. They really help us out. So reach out. We'll get you guys all gear. And also shout out to the group of five guys, Mike and Mike. They hit their group of five dog parlay at plus 630 and swept their five-team round robin. Huge weekend for them. As always, check them out every Wednesday for the Group of Five Deep Dive. Uh, that'll do it for us. And we will be back Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, live in the app and on YouTube for the new BCS. We'll also be out wherever you listen to the podcast as well. Group of Five guys, who I mentioned earlier, out Wednesday. Colin and I will be back with the Week 9 College Football Betting Preview. Thanks to our producer, Matt Mitchell. Thanks to all of you, most importantly. Thanks to Colin, as always, for joining me. Let's keep it rolling. Have a big rest of the season. And we will see you next week. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.